Like I'm such an advocate for jujitsu or just really martial arts, but specifically jujitsu for kids with any kind of sensory disorder, because it's like, they have to, they get used to it. And it's such a fun, great thing for them that they eventually, not every child, of course, every kid is different, but, um, it eventually is so great for them, but having them in that really nice soft key to start with makes it less of like a jarring thing. Like, um, Welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? It's Dante with another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. Um, things have been a little wonky lately, just with content topics guests i think it's been fun but just kind of all over the place all the same so we're trying to bring it back to base with uh jiu-jitsu so my guest this week is going to be uh one of my teammates and good friends from uh crazy 88 we're going to be talking with coach christy today hello coach hello and we're just gonna have like a general jiu-jitsu conversation just kind of talk about her journey uh just the start, the middle, the current, and uh, the future. So, uh, hey, Coach Chrissy, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. So, I guess uh, my first question with you as far as training and everything is, why jiu-jitsu? So, I started wrestling when I was younger, probably about like eight or nine. I started doing like rec league wrestling. I really enjoyed it. Um, super small for my age growing up and I have a lot of siblings. So I always felt, um, like I was always under some kind of attack, like with my siblings. So I convinced my dad when I was younger to to let me do wrestling. Definitely did not go over well, um, at my house. My mom was not a fan of it ever. I don't, I don't think she ever really became a fan either. Um, but convinced him to let me doing it to let me do it when I was younger, and then I wrestled till high school, and then once I got out of high school, there wasn't really anything for me to do um, outside, like like as far as wrestling wise. Like I was never really interested in like doing any other kind of martial arts. Like I've never really been super interested in like the more traditional styles for me. Um, so I had a friend who was working at the gym at the time. And it was actually uh, the a kid I went to prom with in high school who was working at what was Ivy League MMA. Um, and he was like, hey, we need somebody to come and work our front desk. Is that something that you'd be interested in? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. Like I was going to school right down the street at the time I was in college. So um, it was like just a natural thing just to find a job really close to the school. And I got there and I was like, this this is weird. This is like, cause I obviously was used to wrestling, but I had never experienced um, the gi before. So I just saw these guys like wrestling around in these, like what looked like pajamas to me. And I was like, just gay. Um, <laughs> um, so I probably worked at the desk for like two months before I really even did a class there because I, I didn't really understand the rule differences, the rule sets. Um, so it took me a little while to be comfortable with that. And I mean, this is 10 years ago. 
So at the time, I was one of two girls in the school, or I guess three, because Gina was there. Uh, one of three girls in the school, but I was only able to take morning classes at the time because I was working the desk at night. So then I started taking only morning classes, and um, we had a 6 a.m. class at the time that I was doing. Then I would go to school, and then I'd come back for the 11 o'clock, go back to class, and then come back at night and work the desk. So um, I've always kind of been interested in grappling, but yeah, I think jujitsu because jujitsu was the closest thing to wrestling I could find. Um, but I mean, I've stuck with it since. I mean, and now I don't do barely any wrestling in my game at all. Yeah, I, I would not have. I remember you mentioned wrestling before. As soon as you start telling the story, I, I started remember like, oh, yeah, we did talk about this um, a while back. Yeah. But I started thinking, like, yeah, like, like watching you grapple, it's like, I would not. Even you think wrestling. Yeah, I think I don't do it as much because um, a coach I had at one point was basically like I was training uh, down at, at Camp Springs with Lloyd Irvin and I'm like, I'm like doing the white belt competition team thing and doing all of that. And he was like, look, you are not good enough at this to do it in this room. So you should probably stop before you get hurt. Because if you start shooting in, like, I'm, like, shoot, shooting in on DJ Jackson. And DJ's like, can you please just stop? Um, so, basically, Lloyd was just kind of like, you should probably stop because you're going to get hurt doing it in this room. So then I was like, okay, well, if I can't do the only thing that I thought I knew, um, then what am I going to do? So then I just really started pulling guard a lot more. Um, I mean, I still will shoot in every once in a while, but um, very seldom, very seldom. But. I realize since we've been working takedowns recently, gi versus no gi. When I'm doing no gi, like I, I, you know, shooting, just going for the, you know, double leg, single leg is uh, natural. But then when we had the gis on, and it just felt weird trying to shoot for a double leg because the grips. Yeah, I always feel like almost um, like required to snap them before I start taking them down. But I mean, I think that that's also just from years of teaching kids. And that was like such a fundamental like snap, snap, double that we always taught the kids. It was like the first takedown they learned. So yep. I try to do it as an adult. And it's, it's very interesting because it doesn't work the same <laughs> for adults as it does for kids. Um but, yeah, I, I don't do it as often anymore. I mean, we're in takedown month this month. is like that's all the curriculum is going to be for the rest of this month. So I'm excited to kind of see what happens. But I also have not uh, done a no-gi class since I've been back to training. Yeah. I've, as soon as I saw that we were doing takedowns, I my heart got super happy. And I was like, oh, yes, because I need that in my life. Yeah. Um, and then – once we put the geese on and started doing it the other night, I was like, oh no, this doesn't feel right at all. I don't like this. I don't want to do this with the gi. I want like in the gi, I felt like I should just pull. Just go ahead and just get this yeah. to the ground. But yeah, we're working on it all month. I'm a lot more confident right now um, in my takedowns when I'm already down. So if it's like I have somebody there in front of me and I'm down and they're trying to pass, that's like <laughs> the most 
often that you'll see me actually shoot because right now I have got my knee injury. So it's like lowering down my level very quickly is so stressful on yeah. my knee to where it's like, if I'm already on the ground, I'm like more likely to go in for an ankle pick or, or than anything. But, um, I think it's more, I've been trying to train without my knee pads on. Cause I usually wear like my wrestling knee pads under the gi but I've been trying to train without them just to, just to, you know, take a little something extra away that it's like, I don't want to have to rely on this thing. So because of that, I'm like, every time my, my kneecap like hits the ground too hard, I'm just like, Oh God. I will say that as excited as I was for us to start takedowns this month. And I don't know that this had anything to do with it, but Tuesday night, Nogi, you know, we're, we're working the double leg shooting. And then Wednesday, I couldn't walk. Oh, like, yeah. Because was it your legs or your? So my legs were sore just from the movement. But my left knee was I, I was having a sharp pain at, you know, like um, at the top of the patella. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I still showed up Wednesday night to work with the kids. And um, Coach Brandon looked at me and was like, are you okay? Because every time I would like. I thought you were limping a little bit. Um, it, it The limp was a lot better by that point. And, and it worked out because I didn't go to Wednesday morning class. Yeah, uh, my wife scheduled something. Uh, we had to sign some papers that I didn't read. I don't even know what I signed, but we'll see. That's we'll it. see when they say you. so um yeah like you just signed over all your action figures oh my um, god but and it kind of worked out that i didn't go to wednesday class because i was gonna because i'm a knucklehead you would have been really sore on wednesday we did um it was all takedowns and then we did like a a from the back like I don't even remember. It wasn't a suplex, but it was like like more of like a drop. But mm, okay. um, that would have been rough because I know like I was doing it and I was like. So we did a uh, yeah drop on Thursday night, but by that point my knee was feeling a lot better. Like I I, I didn't feel any discomfort. Um, this morning I went in and worked with my friend, and I I walked out of the gym and my knee just started that shooting pain again it hurts walking up the stairs stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's all right i'm 43 it's supposed to happen i'm old uh, when you started competing in jiu-jitsu like your first competition what was that um, like for you oh my god this is such a horrible story it's like it was such a bad experience so my first tournament, my coach at the time did not want me to do it. Like he was like, no, you really shouldn't. Like you're not ready. And I was like, no, I've got it. Like I like, you know, I had some of my wrestling background. So I was like super confident. Been training for like maybe six months, eight months. Mm-hmm. And um, it was to the point where he was like, no, you're not allowed to do it. And I was like, well, I am an individual. I, you know, like, I think that this is such a horrible mindset, but there are so many people who feel this and they will go rogue. And so that's why I use this as an example because of why it's so bad to go rogue when it's like a coach doesn't want to go to this tournament or they say, you're not ready. I mean, who am I to say I'm, I am ready and someone else isn't. But, um, so basically I went out there, I registered and he was like, I told you you're not ready. And then nobody coached me. 
So I went out, I tried to jump guard on this girl and I didn't have my grips right. My hand slipped off. I fell back and I knocked myself unconscious in my first jujitsu match ever. Um, it was super disheartening. I like immediately like went and cried. Like I went off in the bleachers and cried and um, then I had more matches. I don't think I won a single match. Um, but I remember the only compliment I did get was that I was very hard. I, I usually am pretty good about getting out of any kind of submission. I do have a hard thing. And I think that as like, even now I still have a bad habit of getting stuck in weird situations that I shouldn't be like, you know what I mean? That are very easily avoidable. Um, so I didn't get submitted throughout the day besides, I think she got the sub technically because I knocked myself out. So yeah. that was my first jujitsu experience, uh, as far as like in a competition, um, that, and yeah, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. So, uh, with having the wrestling background though, like going into just going into the jujitsu competition, um, I guess it, it's a little weirder because you didn't have coaches and, you know, the support there. So I was also wondering just what was your feeling going into it as well? Were you nervous with this being a new sport or they just feel like business as usual? Um, I was a little bit more nervous only because I didn't feel like, uh, like I didn't really have the support to go up there on the first time. Um, so I was definitely a little bit nervous, but I generally have been pretty, I'm usually pretty good in crowds. I, I actually usually perform better in tournaments than I do in the room. Um, just because of the crowd aspect. Um, I think I, I also get a little bit more confident going going with people that I'm not friends with, especially like I have been at my school now for 10 years and I've always been like front of house kind of stuff. So now I'm the manager of the gym. So it's like I don't want to be the one to like go really hard on somebody in the room and then 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 be like, oh, she's an asshole because of this, that and the other. And I'm like, I mean, I'm really not. But. Um, which I don't think I've really ever had too many bad experiences with that. Um, but I definitely have had some complaints. But now it's it's nice that we have so many girls in the room. So it's yeah. like most time, like if that ever happens, the other girls are usually my, um, they're my gatekeepers. And they're like, mm, I think that you're just like being a baby. So, um, but I mean, yeah, so I <clears throat> that was not the best ex first tournament experience. But I always encourage everybody just to try turn like, try competing once because you could always go out there and hate it. Like I had a horrible first experience, but I still decided to go back and do it many other times after that. But um, yeah. So I will say that my first, like when I first met you, I think you were injured. Was I in I, the wheelchair at that point? So I don't know that you were in the wheelchair. I think you had braces on like, Oh, okay. It was, I remember, Cause I didn't, I remember seeing you in, it was like when I saw, I think you had on like braces on both legs, I believe. Yeah. So that was then you met me then right after my big surgery where I had to get cadaver patella tendons put in both legs. And I decided to do both at the same time, um, which I would never recommend to anyone ever. I think it was like such a horror. I had such a horrible experience. I ended up being in the wheelchair for like a month and a half, um, which they said it was going to be like two weeks. And then I ended up being just like bedridden and then like in a wheelchair 
for a month and a half. And then I had straight leg braces on for, I think, another month. Um, and at the time, too, it's like I was a pretty big part of the coaching staff at my school. Um, and I was coaching all the time. And at the time, we had pan kids. And I was still coaching all the time. And then I had to have my surgery. And I still went out and coached pan kids with my leg braces on which was so horrible. Cause I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in the, in the pyramid uh, where they do pans and they do, well, I guess pans is going to be pans or pan kids is in Orlando this year, but yeah, um, yeah. that's where they do a lot of the big tournaments. There's steps everywhere you go. Um, I know that there is a, um, there is an elevator, but the, at the time I was so hardheaded and I was like, no, I've got it. Like da 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 da. But I had both my leg braces on and for anybody who was at PAMS this year, I don't know if anybody who's listening to this might remember me in this way because it was such an ordeal. Because at one point, while I was coaching at, Pan at PAMS, I was getting really confident at that point. I'd been there for a few hours. And I'm going down the steps and uh, my foot like slipped and I actually fell down the steps with my mm. leg braces on. Um, it was so horrible. I, um, I will thank the guy a thousand times over if I ever see him again, the guy who helped get me up and like sat me down with him and his people. He was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. They're just like a little shook up because you fall down these steps um, in front of everybody. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, you met me when I was out for the first injury, like the first real big injury. Um, but now I, I don't think I'm going to have to have another surgery now that I've been kind of going back to the gym and like lifting every day. Um, I mean, knock on wood, I should be okay yeah. if I can keep the, keep up the momentum. Um, That's good. Uh, I know early on seeing you with the braces on because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reserved. I'm very like, but now I'm not because I feel like that's home for me. So I'm yeah. very much, I come in and I'm, I'm awkward and, and semi loud. But back then I was just like, like what happened to her? I don't know if I want to do this. If she's I walking know. around like that. I know I felt bad. It was like, it's, it's such a horrible like marketing thing too. It's like, cause I'm like still there working at the gym with my braces on and you almost feel like you should just lie to people when they come in and be like, no, 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 this is definitely not from jujitsu. Because it's like people see you and they're like, oh, my God, especially when they bring their kids in. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, look, man, it's a freak accident. Like, um, I mean, I, that and it's like at that point, like I, I've, I've always been super, super hyper mobile. Um, so the fact that I got so injured, I mean, and that and each of my injuries happened so fast. Like each time was a girl who was way heavier than me once was in the room Um with a girl who was, I think at the time I was like maybe 120. She was like 165 and she jumped guard and my leg just like went backwards. And then the other time was at, I, it's now the Vegas Open, but they used to call it something else. Um, Vegas, or they used to call it Vegas Nationals, I think. But um, it's the same thing. I was doing blue belt and I, Went to and then I got into the open and I was super confident. I had seen this girl go. I'd gone against her before. Um, she I'd never seen her jump guard before. She's usually like very much so like a takedown person. She did some foot sweeps, but I've never seen her. Um, even in any of the, like the video review I'd done, like never seen her jump guard. She jumped guard, same thing. But I had shot in for a takedown wall and then she jumped at the same time. 
and it was the other leg and my leg just went got caught on the mat and it just went backwards and um super embarrassing we were also i was there also coaching the kids um and so we were stuck there for another three days i think um and i'm just like in pain i think i was like 22 23 at the time so thankfully we had one of the dads with us um because his kid was competing we had him walk down from the hotel and like carry me back to the room because there's no like wheelchairs or anything like that like if you're injured um they basically like give you ice and they're like all right you're good and i'm like no 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 i'm not so um luckily i had dave miller who came and got me and just carried me back to the room and i'm like in you know obviously i'm in a lot of pain I'm, like crying you know it's embarrassing um that that was probably that was probably my worst in, that is my worst injury i've ever had in jujitsu and i think more like in something like that it's like it's so it mentally fucks you because you're just like you, you know you just got like this major injury in front of all of these people and you're in all this pain and it makes you like almost like afraid to go with people because having the same thing happen two times with the same you know each time was like a guard jump so now every time i go in the room even like you know right now i'm still kind of like coming back from um taking some time off and yeah. um every time i'm like please just don't fucking jump guard on me please like i'm just like not ready for it yet um i mean i, I don't it's not as prevalent right now um i don't know i just i don't see it as much in the rooms that i'm in but I'm always very hesitant. And I like, especially when I go with like the teenagers, cause the teenagers are always the ones they're like mm -hmm. trying to do flying triangles and stuff. And I'm like, look, you need to calm down. I have stuff to do. I got to go to work. Like you're trying to ruin my life. Uh, at no, at one point they made it very clear. And this was early on for me. So this was probably like shortly after your injuries. Yeah. They're like no jumping guard. And I know this was early for me because I remember I had to, this had to have been within the first three months, maybe mm -hmm. four months, because we started doing no gi at night, um, like Thursday nights or something. Yeah. But I happened to make it in on another night for gi, and I jumped guard on someone, and I freaked out because in midair, as I'm doing it, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He caught me, yeah. and he was like, it's okay just you know that we don't do that here and uh, to be honest i'm not sure why i jumped guard because i've never seen anything with guard jumping before it's ever things man people just like they see it and they're like oh that's cool and they know they know the closed guard position so they're like all i have to do is jump i mean, I mean in reality like if you've been doing it for a really long time you know like as long as you just get the right height you should be fine but it's like it's one of those things I've actually, I'm actually really bad about this. Um, if you talk to a lot of people who I knew as a white belt, they would, I was a very big guard jumper. So like, I remember jumping guard on one of the coaches. You remember Nelson? I don't. No. So Nelson no. was one of the black belt coaches back in the day. And like an, he was an older guy, I think at the time, like, um, shoot, he had to have been like, late 40s i think um and i remember jumping guard on him in the room one time and his like usually you know as a white belt girl at the time everybody's very nice to you they just want you to to stick it out they want you to not quit and i remember jumping guard on him this one time and 
he just looked at me and I was like, he's about to beat the shit out of me. And I think we just, he, we spent the whole rest of the class. He, I think he stayed with me the rest of the class. And he must have tapped me out at least like 15, 20 times. Cause like, you know, I think being an older guy, he probably was just like, I can't believe you just did that. You know, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things though. I think it's really important when you're in the room, if you've got like an outstanding injury or maybe like there's this one thing that you've got like, I mean, I'm sure for him, it's just that he's older. Um, I mean, you either have to be experienced enough to shut it down while it's happening. Like, I, I practiced guard, guard jump defense for, like, four months, like, every day in practice uh, when I came back because I had some girls in the room that were really good, and I was, like, but I they could see that I was, like, super afraid. Um, so, like, I think I had to have been for, like, three or four months I had Nigel Easton and Sajar Eubanks that were in the room with me and they were just like, all this is all you have to do is just here. Or you have to like, they show me a bunch of defenses, but I would just have Nigel sit there and jump guard on me. And I would just, you know, and I would just plant my hands to the hips. So, I mean, and that helped me, but so not having that like immediate fear when people try to jump. Um, and that was more just for like mental, I think more than physical. Um, obviously it's going to help your legs you know, strengthen your legs up a little bit, having to hold somebody's body weight. But that helped so much. And I think coming back again, and I would like to make a master's run. So it's like with that, I'm going to have to probably start doing that again. Just honestly, because I know myself well enough to know that mentally that's going to always be my thing. I'm always going to get freaked out about stuff like that because I'm not, I always make this joke they're never going to get me back on an operating table because they're never going to get me in a wheelchair again. Cause I had such a horrible experience um, just being in the wheelchair. But I mean, other than like my injuries, jujitsu has been such a positive experience for me. But like anytime I think about those specific times, I'm just like, uh, no. <laughs> I remember being at a Onaga and Naomi, I think was coming off of some sort of knee. I don't know if it was surgery, but I know she had been down for a minute and someone jumped guard at her. And I think everyone on the side, we all just gasped. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's more of a thing. Like when you know someone has an injury and I, I, um, I'm still trying to break myself of that exact habit is when people do things like that, or there's like a weird, like, like any kind of like a twister sweep or like, mm -mm. um, like when I see people trying to do like knee bars in the room, I'm like, Dude, I, like, I have a really hard thing of like uh, like doing that sharp intake of breath because I get nervous for somebody else, but it's such yeah. a bad habit, um, especially because that person could probably have really good defense. Like I know when I watch Mahoney go in the room, he has really good um, like knee bar and like ankle lock defense. But for me, I think I just get so nervous that I'm, I have a really bad habit of doing that, that like that like jolt thing. And it's like, it's going to make everybody else super nervous that and the guy who he's doing it against is more likely going to react hearing me do that, especially, you know, the room, the physical room is not that big, even though there's a lot of people in it. So it's like you can hear it when somebody does that and you like look around to see who's hurt. So it's, it's uh, definitely something to, to to be broken of, I think. Yeah, I think when it comes to, you know, when you're in a trainer room, especially you know, like the Wednesday morning class or the the um the seven p.m. Tuesday and Thursday class. You know, it, it's 
you know, we're, we're all training, we're all working mm-hmm. to not necessarily, you know, the white belts are learning the, you know, the blue belts and even the purple belts are there, you know, we're just kind of, we're still learning, but refining, you know, the stuff that yeah. we are learning there. So when it is time to go live, it's bizarre to think of one of the higher belts really trying to do anything crazy. Yeah, um, I, I think it just depends on who's training for what. Like, I always try to get uh, Vanessa in the morning sessions, but she's got, like, all her workouts and stuff in the morning. And uh, I'm always trying to get her in the mornings with me, but she's not going to do it. She's like, no, nah, I got too much stuff to do. She's, like, mm-hmm. mainly a nighttime trainer. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's important to kind of gauge that room, though, and just see who's training for what. Because, like, a lot of the people in the morning sessions, I'll say – um, are a little bit more casual, right? Like yeah. uh, you get the competitors who are doing the two a days, doing the morning sessions and the night sessions. Um, you know, you got the MMA guys who are in there, Elkridge doing their thing, but yeah. they never really come into the jujitsu room unless it's that uh, Tuesday, Thursday morning, no gi class. Um, they're all, I think, in there for that class. But um, yeah, it's it's good. You just have to kind of keep track of it. Yeah. And I mean, again, like going over to Elkridge is still kind of a new thing for me yeah. um, just this year, but I'm getting that feel now when I get in there, I know who's who I know and no one knows about my stomach there. So mm-hmm. that that's one of the things I keep in mind is let me find someone that I know is going to be kind of a more my pace in terms of just like I'm a hobbyist. I'm not, yeah. I'm not here to, you know, put it all on the line at, at 11 30 in the morning on a Wednesday. I like, I got therapy after this. I got shit to do. I can't Just be. Battering. Yeah. I did my first um, sparring class since I've been back on Saturday mm-hmm. um, this past week. And then I did the Monday Memorial day practice. And I was just like, each of those practices, I was like, dude, this is each time, you know, it's a little bit warm in the room on those days. And then the Saturday class is an hour and a half. It's a warm up and then it's rolling. That's all it is. Um, and I walked in the room and I, I, you know, I'm still getting back in shape. And Julie, Coach Julius was like, you know that this is 100% sparring. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I already knew that. I, and I had no idea. I, I literally went in thinking it was just, you know, there was going to be like, you know, the 30 minutes at the end. But I will tell you. I was not ready for that full hour. I was not. So that that was Memorial Day, you said? Yeah, we had like a so, Memorial Day practice. Yeah. That Julius does like a structured open mat mm-hmm. on days like that. So that way it's like there's nobody at the front. There's no client services, nothing like that. But that way everybody who wants to train can still come in and train. But they just have to realize that like the staff, they want to give the staff the day off, you know? So- so I knew that I was going to be able to come in Wednesday morning and I thought about that, that Memorial day class, mm-hmm. but then I, there's something told me, it was just like, don't go. Cause number one, I, I don't think timing wise, yeah, I would have had time to, to do the full class just with Sarah having to go to work. But also like, there's just this weird thing like, you know what, just sit this one out, play by ear. And then yeah. the, the Memorial day wasn't, wasn't, I don't think it it wasn't that bad. We did a lot of drilling. It was actually a really great class, but um, but the Saturday was the banger. The Saturday is the yeah. long rolling one, but I think we still rolled for like, I don't know. I see. I can't even keep track because once I once you start, it's like you don't look at the clock. So yeah. Like you're just you're just there until they say line up, 
at that point. Um, but I don't think it was too bad on on Monday as far as like that goes. But um, I got a lot of good rounds. I mean, there was still like 30 people in that class. Oof. So, I mean, it's those Saturday classes are, are banging. And then I think that there's got to be at least like 30, 35 people. Cause I only know that because Julius and Sebastian are fighting fighting right now to see who can get the highest the highest average because right now it's between Sebastian's Muay Thai um, all levels class and then I think at the same time don't get don't don't um don't quote me on this but I think at the same time on in the jiu-jitsu room Julius has that class so at one given time there's like a hundred people in there doing class wow I think there's also a boot camp class going on so I'm like but it's funny to see, like, they're always like, hmm, how many people did you have in your class? Um, oh, because I'm biased, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, uh, we need jiu-jitsu to win. But yeah, I the think people love like, Muay Thai. At, at Severna Park, it's kind of uh, the highest class numbers are, I believe it's Justin's Monday, Wednesday, Muay Thai, and then Ronnie's Tuesday, Thursday, Jiu-Jitsu are like, those are going back and forth for us. Yeah. Um, but it's always interesting to see um, – how that kind of fluctuates based on like the summertime and when it gets warm out. Yep. Then everybody's like, no, the gi is hot. I don't, I don't know. I can't do it. But yeah. that's some East Coast stuff though. Yeah, that gi, it, it builds personality when it's hot because there, there have been, I remember we used to do uh, in, in July, we would have no gi because it was hot. But yeah, our old setup though, at, when it was yeah. Ivy League, um, the, the, the air conditioning was always kind of funky in that building. I'm so glad we got out of it because mm -hmm. it was like every time at the gym, it's like, I would always tell them like, dude, we can't have the AC go down because especially like for the adults, it's like the adults can kind of like grit and bear it. But when you got like tiny yeah. angels, you got like little three, four, five year olds in a gi and they're hot. It's like, and then you're trying to like, obviously keep the momentum of the class going and have them not freak out because they're hot and have them actually following the rules. They cannot yeah. be like super hot like that. I mean, as we're getting into the warmer weather, a few weeks back, you know, we had uh, one specific little girl. She's constantly taking her gear like it's hot. It's so hot. And it wasn't even, you know, weather wise wasn't hot yet. It was still yeah. not not chilly but comfortable so i can only imagine you know as we're going into the summer months now what that's gonna you know do for her because i've been seeing her more for our wednesdays class but i don't know for me i mean i'm a heavy sweat I, i'm the sweaty guy at the gym when yeah. they when they're the jokes about the sweaty guy at the gym those jokes are for me hear that mahoney is the sweatiest dude on the planet, like doing washing his geese and stuff. I'm always like, they immediately have to go in the wash because those things are disgusting. I I've uh, after class a couple times. I threw my gee into the trunk and I forgot oh, that I was forgot. there. And it, this is like you know August September. You know it, it's warm. And it's like oh no, that that's uh, opening have that trunk was a nightmare. Have you seen, uh, I'm not sure if you're like a TikTok person, but on TikTok, there's this trend of like uh, clothes stripping. So it's not what you think it is. It does not like anything dirty. Yeah, it's just the process of stripping all the excess soap and sweat and oils out of a piece of clothing. So I actually tested it out with our rental geese. Because you know how like 
we've got uh, gray mat. So like, you know, your, yeah. your, your shoulder shoulders will start to get like a little bit like mm-hmm. not great. And like, you know, cause we wear all white geese like all, for a crazy 88, it's all white geese. So um, I tested it out and I tested it out and I'm going to do it again. Cause I want to try it twice and then hang on the geese to see if it messes with the integrity of the stitching. Mm. So, um, but it's really exciting for stuff like that, especially like, you know, we do like to provide rental geese to people who are coming in, trying it out for the first time. Because buying a yeah. gee is, you know, it is an investment if you if you don't know if you're going to like it. Um, so that's a cool thing for you to try, especially with, like I said, us being all white geese. When those, those white geese get dingy, it's Oof. like, ugh. Initially, I think the coach was wearing black. And then I, I just got in a black gee, and then we switched to white. And I was like, oh, no. I don't have money to get another gee right now. But some, like, just... Because our phones listen to us, and I go on Facebook, and I don't even know where I got it, but there's uh, this uh, white gi, Maeda, on clearance, forty bucks. Nice. Uh, A two and A three. Now, because I'm me, I shrink stuff. So I was like, let me get this A three. I know I'm going to shrink it. It never shrunk. So there I are still some gis they just don't shrink, which is great. Yeah. Like yeah. I. I like I know that we they we don't sell them at the gym anymore, but I'm always I've always been a super big advocate for the breakpoint geese, mm-hmm. um, because I love giving them to kids, because yes. the, I tell the parents you know you get parents with like three and four kids in the program, and then they're you're telling them they gotta hang dry this piece of clothing, and they're like, no no I'm not doing that. So the breakpoints are nice. And honestly, too, is we sell the Moyas now. And I don't think the Moyas shrink very bad either. No, my Moya is uh, it's pretty good. It still fits yeah. pretty well. It, this, the top especially. The pants are a little high, but they're not as bad yeah. as uh, the Elite the elite Sports. Because so, they sent me stuff early, early on and immediately just... I know. I always high waters when they come into the gym. I think everybody everybody always assumes that the front desk or like management that they want you to buy their stuff because they make money. Of course, that's not like. But also, yeah. we're not going to buy a shit product. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not here to shit on anybody with an elite gi. But what I will tell you is, if you spend a little bit more money on getting the gis that are sold, most I mean I'm gonna say most schools will will only carry geese that are good quality if, if you're mm-hmm. going to a legitimate jiu-jitsu school then they're going to sell geese and if they're going to sell geese most often they're not going to sell shit geese because they don't want to get the complaints from the clients and then have to deal with the, that kind of customer service aspect of it so sure. we only <laughs> stock geese that are going to be better quality but um I don't know. I just feel like it's just worth spending that little bit of extra money. What is the elite gi right now on Amazon? It's got to be 40, 50 bucks. Uh, the last I saw was 55, I yeah. believe. So you're going to spend $55 on, first of all, unless you are a short, stocky person, those gis fit weird as shit. They fit like, they fit like almost like a judo. Not, obviously, it's not that dramatic, but you always see the jujitsu gis where they, you know, they're nice, they're nice around the wrist. But then there's so much extra like armpit yeah. material, which is why I only will buy either female cut geese or long cut geese. So like I am not mm-hmm. very long, but I'll get the A0 long from Hyperfly because they make a really nice gee too. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll wear like an A0 Moya or I'll wear an A0 long 
for the hyperfly because then I throw those bad boys in the dryer nonstop. Like I actually regret getting the long for the hyperfly because they just didn't shrink. Like the pants right now, I gotta like hike them up like to my belly button to get them at the height that I like them because they just didn't shrink, which is, is a great is a great thing. I don't like regret buying my hyperfly. I just wish I would have gotten it true to size if I would have known it wasn't it really wasn't gonna shrink. I I'd like to see hyperfly do more, um, or maybe not do more, but have a steady stock of kids geese because like the kid for the kids those are so nice to have because they've got that um i don't know exactly what it's called but like the way that the sleeves are stitched have you ever looked at them yeah 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 like the way the sleeves are the sleeves are stitched are really nice um but for kids man if we're looking at kids geese moya kids geese are hands down the best because especially the they're so soft we're like kids putting a kid in a gi is already hard enough. If they're, you know, if they're a beginner and you got to like explain the whole thing, especially like yeah. where we live, we've got like a lot, we've got a good influx of like autistic children in the area because there's so <laughs> many resources in the area for them. And yeah. jujitsu is great for them. Like I'm such an advocate for jujitsu or just really martial arts, but specifically jujitsu for kids with any kind of sensory disorder, because it's like, they have to they get used to it and it's such a fun great thing for them that they eventually not every child of course every kid is different but um it eventually is so great for them but having them in that really nice soft gi to start with makes it less of like a jarring thing like um i mean like look at like sean garlington man sean garlington yeah. he got athlete of the year at his high school this year yeah that, that was awesome that? Yep. Dude, he's such a cool kid, man. It's so weird that he's like graduating high school because he started training when he was like maybe eight. And it was like at first he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't make eye contact. He didn't really care to be touched by like most uh, like he would go with his brother and his brother was really the only one. Now, half time when I see him, I'm like, all right, Sean, get off me. Like, <laughs> that's enough. He He's very like I love every time I see the kid, he's just like just so awesome so open just hey dante comes over pats me on the back and you know i'll mess with him a little it's like we're like what are you doing like what are you doing are you are you threatening me say like, no no i'm not threatening you um yeah he does that man he does it to me where i like he did it to a point where i was like sean i was like i am smaller than you by like a good amount now because sean's like i think at this point he's got to be Hitting six foot almost. Yeah, he was. I, I know he was taller than me even last time I saw him. It's been over a year, yeah. uh, just uh, pre COVID. But imagine this kid, he's like six foot. He's got to be what, 170 and maybe 160. I don't want, I don't want to like shame him if he's 170. But, um, and then he's like, just always, but he thinks that he's like a little kid still. Yeah. And he's trying to be rough with me. He's always like punching me in the shoulder. I'm like, all right, man, chill, chill, get chill out. Like at one point I had to like talk to his mom and I'm like, look, can you please remind your son that he is the size of your, of an adult at this point. And he's over here like being rough on everybody, which, you know, I don't want to sound like a baby about it, but every time you'd see the kid, he'd like punch me in the shoulder or he's like put me in a headlock and he's like sneaking up on me, putting me in headlocks where I'm like, man. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do some paperwork. I'm trying to hang out. You're over here trying to murder me. Like, I don't. I don't appreciate it. 
Um, no, he he's a great kid. I, anytime I see that they post, um, you know, any update on you know what he's doing with school, especially, that that makes my heart happy. Like, yeah, I just can't stop smiling. He's such uh, a. I think it's just because he's like with, with when you teach kids kids it's just like they they're so infectious right no matter what their attitude is it is infectious so if the kids are being little turds it's infectious it makes you mad it makes you kind of like you know you're you're like mirroring them but when you've got kids like sean who sean sean's great kid to have to have in the room whether it's adults or kids classes he wants to help he's like a great advocate for the program like he's you know he's just a great kid but also he's so happy even when he's there getting whooped up on He's like happy about it. He's like, I'm just here. He and uh, Mouth, like, they, like early on for me. Well, I mean, my first experience was getting just thrown around by Mouth, yeah. and that's why I came back because I was like, I'm not getting beat up by a 14 year old kid. And my goal was always like to finally get get him back. And I rolled with him before he left for college. Yeah, I never swept him, but he yeah, didn't sweep me either. It's one of those things, it sucks because you see so much progress and you see so much potential in these kids and then, you know, you lose them for whatever reason. But, like, going away to – so for Michael, like, Michael Garlington was on a path. Like, he was going to do very well. And then, you know, he went away to college. You know, he's having a great time out there. I'm so glad he loves it out there at Salisbury. But it's like, I'd love to see him obviously graduate from high school, find a good job, be happy, all of that. But in a very selfish way, I want to get him back in the room because mm-hmm. – you know, we got Jacob who's still like, you know, we've got all these kids that are still in the room that grew up in the program, but it's nice to have that first. I mean, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the first kid to really become a successful adult in jujitsu, like as far as competitively, like I would say that we've had some before that, but he definitely made the biggest splash, right? Yeah. Like he's such a goober and he's just like so full of himself and it, it did catch him a lot of slack for a while. Because, like, he would go and he would just, like, fuck these adults up and, like, the blue belt and the purple belt division. And he's, like, orange belt or green belt at the time. These adults would get so mad about it. But also the fact that he was so aggressively confident. Like, I remember this one tournament where we had to actually talk to him about it because he was going in at the tournament. And, like, when they would tap hands and they would be, like, kind of, like, sitting there, like, getting ready to grip fight. And he would always like shake the guy's hair, you know, like you know, you like rustle a kid's he- head. Yeah, yeah. He'd yeah. do that to these grown men, and I'm like, dude, you gotta chill, you know. <laughs> or he'd like he'd get somebody, uh, somebody would get in the turtle, and then he would just like sit there, like literally just back surfing on them. Yeah, I'm like, dude, these guys are gonna quit. They're he, gonna quit jujitsu after this. He's done that to me before when I've turtled. Yeah. And I didn't know how to react. I was just like, I mean, you know, I kind of just accepted it. But like he and Sean, they both, um, I don't know, just kind of the way that they carried themselves, uh, you know, it it always helped me. Because for a while, I was having, I still do now, but early on, especially, I was having panic attacks before coming into class. I was sitting in the car, go through what I have to go through. I still come in. Yeah. But over time, I would, you know, come in there, um, you know, work with them and just it, they're having a good time. Everybody's having a good time. So it was kind of a reminder to myself going there and have a good time. Like, yeah, this I, isn't the end of the world. Yeah. I think, especially too, it's good to keep that as, especially for like the white belt classes, is like, man, 
when you're starting out as a white belt, it is, you, you don't know what you're, what you want out of it yet. I mean, there are white belts that come in and they know, they know that they never want to compete or they know that that that's the goal. Um, but it's like, it's nice to keep the, the room for the white belt class a little bit lighter. And then once you get to the intermediate and the advanced classes, that's where you can kind of start shutting that down. But it, it is nice to kind of see that, that they kind of keep the room a little bit more positive. I, I mean, positive for some people. I got so many, I'm not going to lie. Over the years, I got so many complaints about the teenagers that were just beating the shit out of the adults. And I'm like, man, that's such a dumb thing to complain about. Like, in my opinion, like, I just, you're complaining that these kids got good at this thing that you're just starting. Well, I mean, that's your own ego beating you up, though. I mean, and again, when I first got in there, you know, Mouth Michael, you know, he, he stormed me around. Yeah. Just like, and that was motivation for me. He was like, okay, I'm going to get this kid. He's growing. Yeah, he's still a kid at this point. So he's only going to get better. He's only going to get stronger. I'm like, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to catch up to this dude. And, you know, never did. Um, at, at the very least, you know, again, I kept him from sweeping me and making me look silly. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't sweep him. So I was like, all right. And then um, Jacob actually, um, did he sweep me? He something. I think he some. He may have taken me down uh, recently. Or no, 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 no. We we're doing King of the Hill. And he was down. And he had, he had I don't know what happened, but he ended up somehow on my back and it was weird because I was like, how did you get there? I was like, all right, you know what? I'll be back. You know, went to the back of the line, just waiting on him and class ended. But it's like seeing these kids grow and getting better. That's just one of those things, especially with jujitsu that I always just preach to everyone. It's like, look, I don't think jujitsu is for everyone. No, but I do think everyone should, you know, try it to find out if it's for them. I think it's important. I mean, I yeah, because yeah. you, yeah, I like like you're saying, like those kids. It's cool to see, you know. I think being there for for as long as I have, all of the kids who've grown up in the program, I've been there since their first day, and I was there and I checked them all in. I got them all their first gis. For most of them, I was their main coach for most of their time coming up in the kids program I mean, i'm not coaching any of the kids anymore but it's like it is very cool and i think it should be the goal of every you know coach for jujitsu or anything that the kids surpass you and yeah. almost i'm not gonna say every one of my kids but i'm gonna say most of my kids have surpassed me in jujitsu like freaking cc fowler cc fowler right. is in the army now and she like won i know that combatives is like nowhere near jujitsu but she won the entire combatives thing for her entire unit which is great. Like, you know, she's, yeah. and she's a skinny girl. You know yeah. what I mean? CC is strong, but like, she does not weigh that much. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to see, um, to see stuff like that. You know, Jacob's still training. I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes now that he's come back from wrestling. Mm. I mean, not in the greatest of circumstances. Obviously, you know, he got his senior year of wrestling stolen from him because of COVID. So it's like, yeah. it did force some of those kids who were going to make that that wrestling high school had that high school wrestling run to see if they can do it. Um, you know, it sucks to see them come back and kind of not have the greatest attitude about it because they wanted that last year. Right. 
Yeah. Which I think that if you're going to do wrestling, you should still be able to do jujitsu on the side. It's not like, I know these kids are practicing every day, but it's like, you're done. I I mean, I guess I say it now, but I'm sure I, I wouldn't have done it if I was in high school, but, um, I'd like to see all the kids who do go and do some rest to go out for wrestling to still make it in the room and do jujitsu, at least do like the nogi classes or whatever. It's not yeah. like it's going to, you're going to automatically get on your back. At, I mean, hopefully to like, just be sitting on your back in your wrestling match and be like, pin. Like, oh, I thought we were in jujitsu. Like how often would that even really happen? Yeah. That's one of those weird things too. When you think about the two sports and, and comparing them, where wrestling, you never want to be on your back that, you know, you lose where jujitsu, you don't necessarily want to be on your back, but you can create offense from your back. Yeah. Uh, With uh, coach Alex, coach Mike, uh, you know, as you know, I butt heads with them every so often on the mat. One thing I said to coach Mike recently was, you know, dude, I'm afraid of a wrestler who embraces jujitsu. Cause it's like Mike, I what I will say is I love Alex Ward, but he never real. He always was a wrestler doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Whereas Mike, Mike Morano is really doing it. Like he's yeah. his jujitsu. Like I'm like, oh, oh shit. This is yeah. not. This is not just you hanging out. Because uh, it actually showed up on like my story the other day. It was like two years ago, maybe last week or something was Mike's first jujitsu class. Because remember, he was like teaching, um, I think he was helping out with the kids' wrestling classes at that point. And I, he would, and Finn, his son had been there for like at least six years at that point. And Mike had never had any desire to do class. Never. And then he did the jujitsu class and I was like, he's like, it feels weird, I'm in these pajamas. And I'm like, and now look at him. Yeah, he and I during King of the Hill. Every time in King of the Hill, I I end up matching up with him, and I just look at him. I sigh. We tap hands and say, "Let's go." And by uh, the last time we went, was it uh, Thursday? I think we we're in the gi, and we ended up in a weird position where his wrestling would have come in handy, but I think he chose not to use wrestling. Mm-hmm. And went, you know, with jujitsu, and and you know, I'm just thinking, so it's like, oh man, he he's really, you know, he's used a lot, he's utilizing, you know, all the tools now. He knows that he could, you know, uh, you know, just hit me with a submit mixer right now, easily, yeah, without question. But he he chose not to. Um, and then, uh, I guess we broke up into two groups. We bet by weight for uh, King of the Hill, so. Finn was over there just murking all of the teens. And uh, yeah, I think Finn at this point, he sits on the kids and on the lightweight side of the room. But I'm like, mm, do you really belong here right now? So, I'm, you know, as I'm standing in line waiting to go back around, I'm looking over there. And then Ronnie comes over and tells me, like, um, after Finn's next go, I want you to switch and go over with him. And I'm looking like, oh, really? Like, not because like I'm bigger, but it was more like thinking like, like I've, I've rolled with men and he's a handful, he, yeah. like, like not just for kids, but for adults. So him, you know, dumping Kyle. And then the only reason he didn't get me is number one, I'm 200 
15 pounds, but also he was exhausted. Yeah. Could, he tried to go for a trip and his leg, like he didn't wrap it. And um, we both fell uh, backward on him. And, you know, you know, he, he was out. And then I went to him after class. I was like, dude, like you, like you had me, you, you're just, you're tired. I, I just saw you go with five people in a row and King of the Hill. Like, there's no way you would have energy for me. Um, but he's another one just watching him grow and watching him progress. And just, I love watching all the, you know, the students just grow in this sport. So like I said, I don't think it's for everyone, but I think everyone should give it a shot. And, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do, you know, you stick with it or there's sometimes you may not like it, but you want to still give it that shot and see where it can take you. You see people like that every once in a while where I'm like, they don't know if it's for them, but they're going to keep doing it for a bit to try it. But then the one thing that you'll get with that every once in a while is you get somebody in the room who isn't sure if they like it or not, but they just have a shit attitude about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, if you're going to be that, that kind of stuff is just, uh, is very interesting because you know, this is, it, it's not for everyone, but if you're going to be here, at least try, right. Yeah. Like, I, I get some people like that in the room, even now where like, I'm like, why are I'm like, I get it right. You're trying it out. You're trying to make it work, but like put in the effort, show up on time, be respectful and give effort. Yeah. Really, like, Cause if you're not going to do those very simple things, you're not going to get better and you're not going to like it. No. And I will say early on for me, I didn't think jujitsu was for me. Yeah. You're like I'm coming from football and basketball. So, you know, th- this isn't my normal. So I remember trying to tackle Frank, like, like it was football and he choked the shit out of me. Like it, um, and it was because for the longest time I didn't have a gi, um, so it was during a gi class, and I'm still showing up without a gi. He took my shirt and choked me with my shirt, and that was the moment where I thought to myself, "It was like I don't know that I want to do this anymore. I just got choked by my own shirt, and this isn't. That's not okay." I know it's so (laughs) funny. Like you get people and parents, like not not and mainly parents who will ask like what the point of the gi is. And I, I, every time I have to say the same thing, I always feel so awkward saying it. And they're like, well, da, 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 da. it doesn't seem like it. Like I'm not walking around with a gi on. And I'm like, do you walk around naked? Yeah. I like, mean, and- I, I'm like, at what point are you just walking? First of all, if you're saying that you want to do this for street self-defense, all right. But are you walking around naked or are you fighting on the beach? And then if, oh. if, you, if that's where you think you're going to get in a fight, you know, you're a beach bum and you want to just get drunk on the beach and fight people, then, okay, cool. Do no gi. No. I mean, but I get parents who argue that all the time. It, I've had friends argue that with me. Uh, not necessarily, you know, argument, but just more so, you know, that's the same thing. It's like, well, why are you in a gi? You know, why not this way? Because, you know, a lot of the friends, they watch UFC, Bellator, you know, just MMA in general. So they look at the gi as just kind of like, oh, well, that's dumb. You know, I don't see Anderson Silva wear that. You know, I don't see, you know, the Diaz brothers wearing that, which the thing is, though, they're jiu-jitsu players in the gi. So if you know anything, you know, they're black belts in the gi. Yeah. But it's just goofy, 
you know, when people, you know, for either side really to have any anim- animosity towards, you know, people are in the gi, you know, and I know I post memes and make jokes about either or, but that's the point. I make it about yeah. both. It's just like if you go too hard one way or the other and you're like, we're only a gi school, like there's there's some in the area here. Uh, what is it? I think Tiger Shulman's was doing that for a long time. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. But then you got like the 10th Planet guys like where I'm yeah. like, look, I get it. But like the 10th Planet, like jujitsu people where I see them, I just don't get the just spats thing. I'm sure that there's like, I'm not a man, so I don't know. But um, the guys who wear the just the spats, I'm like, how is that comfortable? It's like, not. what if your spats rip out from underneath you? Like, I don't know. I always wear shorts over my spats. So anytime I see the 10th Planet guys and they're just in the spats, or those shorts, the men's nogi shorts. Um, yeah. I'm like, this is a lot. This is a lot of you for me that I don't need. Yeah, there's there's uh, some discomfort there. I think there was uh, one time early on we're in uh, nogi and huggy just had on just spats, was, no shirt. I was going to use him as an example. He is actually – not. I don't want to like, like say that this is – but he is one of the main reasons why we have our uniform policy right now. Because in that <laughs> instance, I was like, because it's like Huggy, Huggy's pretty dark skin, and he was wearing, I think they were either his bright purple ones or his bright red ones, and yep. he did not have underwear on underneath. And I was like, I literally went up to him, and I was like, look, I can see all your business. This is too much. Like. I don't know, man. That that was so funny, and I like. But now we just do the spats. The uniform is you can just wear no gi shorts, or if you want to wear spats underneath, you can do that. But no, just spats. Not even yeah. for girls because it's like, man, we're not. I'm not out here to impress anybody. I'm trying to do something. And exactly. I understand that, like, you know, you get the girls who want to do like all of no gi and like a sports bra, and I'm like, what are you trying to do? What are you? What are we here for? I, Especially jujitsu, I get Muay Thai. Like when I do Muay Thai sparring, sure. I would love to do Muay Thai sparring in a sports bra and um, like just my shorts, but not well, jujitsu. Yeah, jujitsu especially. It's for me, it, it's a comfort thing. Just what I'm wearing. Like I tend to wear long sleeves. Yeah. Um, it's just it's comfortable for me. Also, again, I, I'm the sweaty guy, so wearing a long long sleeves at least kind of on the arms, you know, it, it's not as gross. So you, at least you have some kind of grip, even though it should be trying to give them a, you know, put them at a disadvantage, but I'm a nice guy, but um, I'm always just about comfort. I, I had one friend uh, come in. I think he did a trial uh, maybe a couple years back. Bless you. Nasty. Um, And I remember I was working with him and then uh, we're doing a, uh, back takes and rear naked choke and Naomi had my back and was going for the choke and he looked he was like so y'all just get all up in there don't you and you know I laughed at him I was like dude like we're here like we have an objective we have a goal and the goal is to learn this move and also not to get choked so you know I'm not thinking about who's on my back with what on my back I'm thinking about I don't want this individual choking me unconscious because that's not where I'm here for. I'm here to learn. Yeah, I'm not so here to go to sleep. You see people who come in and they're like so uncomfortable as like going with the opposite sex. And it's like, 
I mean, at, you reach a point where it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm sure as a white belt, it gets, like, weird because it's your first time coming into close contact, yeah. you know, with somebody that you don't know, right? Um, but I think everybody kind of gets used to it after a while. As long as your school has, like, a good dress code policy, yeah. it should ne- – I mean, it shouldn't even really be uh, a thought, right? Because there, yeah. there are plenty of schools who don't have a dress code. Right. There is no no gi dress code. There's no gi restrictions. And I get I get comments and questions about that a lot um, at Crazy 88. And it's like, this isn't a fashion show. I'm not here to impress anybody like with anything other than what I'm doing. Right. Like you can pack. I mean, yeah, we patch the gis up, do whatever. But it's like that. And like, especially the no gi uniform, we get arguments about that. I'm like, why does it matter what you're wearing? With our uniform policy now with the with uh, just all white geese, it's better than, you know, you have some gyms that you have to buy their geese specifically. Yeah. And that's, you know, that to me is, is more stressful than like here. I like the geese that we have. Uh, yeah. I have a Moya and thank you for, you know, steering me in the right direction. Cause I was like, let me go ahead and get this larger gee. It'll shrink. Yeah. Um, and it, it has been minimum shrinkage. So it's like, well, I'm glad I didn't get the larger gi. But I I have been looking. I was like, okay, I need to get a second, uh, well, really a third white gi here because, you know, during the week, I'm just rotating between the two. Um, which, like my wife's starting to get kind of annoyed with me doing laundry every single day. I know. Uh, I I don't even want to talk about the laundry, man. Because I think between, I think I've got like six or seven white gis in rotation right now. And then Mahoney's got probably the same amount. And then I take home all of the rentals from the school. Mm-hmm. So we offer rental geese at the school. It's like, you know, I think it's like eight bucks. And then you don't have to worry about washing it. Or maybe you're trying out the class. But I take home all of those. I probably do like three or four loads of gee laundry just for the gym. And then I do mine. And then Mahoney's. And then his Muay Thai stuff. The Nogi stuff. It's just like. Actually, that. That answered my question on the rental because I almost came in um, on Saturday because I ended up leaving my car at work. And then when I got dropped back off, I was like, I don't have my gym bag, but I could still go there. But I don't know how the rental process works. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay here at work today. I'm just going to hang out. Yeah, it's easy. It's like, man, we we offer rentals for um, like Nogi and Ghee. Just and Nogi's just rash guards. You have to wear the shorts that you have. We don't have rental shorts right now at Serena Park. I think we are going to do them though. Okay. Um, it's just waiting till the new like storage system gets put in, and we'll do them. Um, you know, because it's like there is that one-off thing where you forget your stuff, and forgetting a T-shirt for Muay Thai is one thing. Forgetting your jujitsu gi and having to buy a new gi is a whole nother thing. I um, try to keep a gi in the trunk of the car, but I've just been just not yeah. paying attention to life. Um, I have one last question before uh, wrapping up here with just the experience that you've had with training, whether it be wrestling, uh, jujitsu, and just being in, you know, this world for the last 10 years. Um, anyone new that's coming into training, what advice would you give them? Man, my advice is ask more questions. Just, just ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, this is sound. This one sounds so stupid. If if your school gives you 
like any kind of reading material that's made by the school, like pamphlets and things like that, read that shit. That's we spend so much time making that stuff and it answers so many questions about what to expect in class, uh, you know, like policies, things like that. Because it's like you get so many people who will quit for like silly reasons. Like I, I had this um, the student quit a few weeks ago because she didn't realize. I, I don't even want to go into it. But she like didn't realize this very simple, very easy uh, etiquette rule at the school that I was like, yeah, we have to do this. Um, and it was like regarding getting dressed. And I was like, yeah, like you have to like get dressed in the tents. Da, da, da. And she was like, well, I don't feel like I should be shamed into getting dressed in the tent. And I was like, nobody's shaming you. But like, I'm, yeah. it was like very weird. So, and she hasn't been back in since then. So I'm like very concerned that this is going to lead to it. But yeah, just be respectful. Um, and especially with girls, man, go, I mean, I don't even know how to word this is like, find a group of girls and don't rely on an accountability buddy like to come to class. So I'm like, oh, well, are you going to come? I'll come if you come. Don't do that shit. Because yeah. guess what? If your accountability buddy quits, then you feel some kind of way about coming back in. Like I've done, I've had so many like training partners over the years where uh, we would commit to going to classes at the same time. And then the other person would just pull out or maybe I would pull out and the other person wouldn't come. And you're stunting yourself so much by doing that. Like, um, even right now I have, uh, I always like text some upper belt girls to do morning class, but I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to be there either way. I'm letting yeah. you know, I'm going to be there if you want to come and do stuff with me, but like do, do the shit on your own, man. Don't rely on anybody else to be there for you. Because in reality, this is an individualized sport. This is not a team sport. We are a team, but, um, you got to do it on your own. You got to really show up. I I especially agree with that because I came into this by myself uh, for the longest time. Like I said, I'm awkward and shy. I didn't like I talked to, you know, Joe a few times, you know, yeah. but otherwise I didn't really talk to anyone at that gym. I just had to keep showing up every week. I could only show up on Saturdays too. So I had to show up every week just thinking like I'm that weird guy and nobody knows me. They don't need to know why I'm here. But I keep showing up, keep showing up. And eventually it's like, look, you got to make it yours. You, you know, you can't say, all right, we, you know, we train together and yeah, only together. Um, so thank you for that. I not really like I have a few people who listen who I know want to get into jujitsu. It's just that, you know, taking that first step. And I, I think that advice, you know, is very helpful to them and. Yeah. And me harassing them, saying, "Come on, dude, get on the I mat." Mean, every almost every jujitsu school now offers some kind of free trial. That yeah, try different schools. If you go to a school and you hate it, go to another one. Maybe yeah. it's the way they do their thing. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I think I got very lucky. You know what I mean to find the school that I did at the time in my life that I was in. Like I was really happy there. Like I really enjoyed it. So um, you know, if you go to a school. Maybe, um, and you don't like it, try another one. If you're motivated by a coach that's going to like really push you and give a shit, go to a competitive school. Because even if you don't compete, they're going to care because they're trying to get you to compete, right? And I think so many people get afraid to do schools that like, um, that compete very often. And like, nobody said you had to do it, right? Like, I mean, think about this, a crazy 88, 
maybe only 25%, maybe of the student base, including the children, compete. Yep. Nope. You can be the other 75. Like, like, go to a school, like, try out different schools. I actually, before I actually showed up to Ivy League, I think a year, maybe two years prior, I always forget about it because I did a trial and it just, it was so unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just blocked it out that. of my memory. We get people but, in all the time who have done trials at other schools and it's like, they're just, I don't, I don't knock anybody who tries to Creante school hop their trials. Um, but like, if you find a school that you do like, listen to your gut, man. But, um, yeah. we've, we've gotten a lot of students who have done trials at other schools, you know? Um, I, I went to a uh, school in Columbia, uh, you know, out in Columbia, Maryland, not Columbia for anyone listening. Cause you know, people like, Oh, he went to South America. Like I don't have a passport. So no, <laughs> like they, I'm not going to South America anytime soon. Um, but you know, I did um, the trial out in Colombia, and a friend of mine he took me there, and you know, I, I was really concerned about my stomach. It was the big thing. It was like I don't yeah. know how this is going to work. So I, I trained with him the first class, and then they did King of the Hill, and somehow, some way, I passed someone's guard. And I was like, oh my stars! I don't know what this means. After looking back on, I think that dude let me pass. Yeah. But then I swept someone the next go around. I was like, okay, I I don't know what's going on here. This I, I don't wild. know. And then I I held someone in my guard, and they just kind of stood up and walked me over and flipped me over my head. I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. But um, it wasn't that that kind of made me not like the school. The school that that was actually fun. But you know, a lot of guys are all um, you know, looking to be the next UFC champ. So. You know, being there, it like I could feel that weird tension, and it could just be me overthinking it. But I just felt like, you know, me and one other person were new people there, and we were just being ignored. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is weird. Like we're getting no help here. And then w- one of the guys came over eventually and helped. Uh, I think on one, like my, I think my third trial class there with them. Yeah, uh, it was really nice. I actually saw him at uh, Shogun fights uh, a couple years later. And it was like, oh, you know, I, I thanked them because I was like, I didn't quit jujitsu altogether. I just didn't want to do it at their school. Yeah. Um, but my next stop, uh, you know, a couple years later was Ivy League, which is, you know, now Crazy 88. And I'm, I'm glad that I stuck with it, even though, like I said in the beginning, I didn't think this was for me. I was like, I'm about to just go back and play, you know, football on Sundays and basketball on Tuesdays. And, yeah, you, you know. That. That you know, I'm still getting my workout in, and you know, having fun. I have you know, kind of a team atmosphere. But ultimately, I, I think just the the family environment there, because I I did, and I still do feel like we are a big old family over there at uh, Severna Park. And you know, there there might be you know some days, you know, we're not feeling it, but you know, you know, we know that with each other. You know, we, we yeah. still, you can tell when you're, when your teammates are off. Yeah. You know, we take care of each other and that, that's what I do appreciate about uh, work with this team and just being here. So uh, thank you coach Christie, for being part of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think um, I took up enough of your time for today. Um, thank you for doing this. This was really awesome. And let me just say this was informative and fun. So yeah, 
I, I really enjoy uh, just hearing um, your experiences and just everything that's going on up there in, in, in your head uh, regarding jujitsu. There's a lot. I mean, after, I think after so much time, it's like you kind of uh, lose track of it after a point, especially like just being in in this sport for a while and like not even jujitsu, but also Muay Thai. It, like there's always there's always funny, crazy stuff going on. Like uh, mm-hmm. like some of it, obviously, you can't like put out there, but there's always crazy stuff going on because it's like you get people from all walks of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's as I've seen several different, uh, you know, first time students come through versus, you know, veteran students from other schools come through. Everyone's different that walk through those doors. And that's just me talking about what, six years, five, five or six years of experience. And, you know, just kind of minimal experience versus you, you're there. Like, I'm there. I'm there all day, every day. It's like, um, if I show up and I don't see you, I'm like, like you know, like, wait, where's, where's Coach Christie? I think, um, funny enough, I think that I've only called out maybe like a dozen times um, over, you know, over the entire time I've been working at the gym. Um, it's always like something, you know, something crazy happens, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's very seldom that I'm not there. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, I know there's a period too, where I didn't want to be anywhere, but there, like if I wasn't at work, I would go over to the gym. If I called out from work for some nonsense, like I I didn't feel great. I'd still end up at the gym somehow, some way. There's some days I have to force myself out of there knowing that my wife has to go to work. And it's like, okay, I got to go. I I want to be here. I Um, I think especially when we used to have the morning sessions, it was, uh, mm -hmm. Dude, I would be like there in the middle of the day, like just working, and people would just show up to hang out, and I'm like, "All right, guys, all right, you gotta, you gotta get out of here." I I was late to therapy several times because the morning class would end, and I would just sit around, hang out, and talk with the guys afterwards, drill leaving, and then I text my therapist, "Hey, I'll be there ten minutes late." So, um, but um, otherwise, this was great. Um, thank you so much for doing this, and for. Everyone out there that's listening, thank you. Uh, again, appreciate everybody that, that downloads, uh, streams, whatever you may, however, however you listen to this, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. Um, big shout out to my buddy Zach over at Student BJJ. Uh, he's working on a project right now, Champions Keep Score. Uh, please keep an eye out for that. I'll be posting some more um some more content from him related to that. I'm um, also shout out the Nerd Rage Radio. We just did episode 300. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll probably be on 302, 303. So um, check those guys out. That's a big deal. And I was on episode 300. So, you know, go check me out. Um, otherwise, if y'all have any questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me, bjj.wiki on Instagram or off the mats podcast on Instagram. You know, want to be a guest, let me know too, because... I'm shy. I'm not going to ask you. You got to ask me. Um, Otherwise, y'all keep listening and I will keep making these. Thank you, y'all. All right. Thanks, guys. They poison. Now let me see his song.